We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. New England sending QB Jimmy Garoppolo to 49ers. We believe we found the right guy. Garoppolo, quick pass, caught by Kittle. He dives, and he's in. Touchdown, 49ers. Kittle is going to go. Touchdown. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Candlestick Chronicles, the 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. My name's Chris Biederman, and I cover the 49ers for the Sacramento Bee. With me, he's back. It's Kyle Madsen of Niners. Wire.com of the USA Today Sports Media Group and a midday producer over at 95.7 The Game here in the Bay Area. Kyle, what's happening, dude? Not a lot, man. Uh, I got a Costco membership tonight, and uh, my girlfriend and I went to Costco and just did uh, that whole thing. So we have a full refrigerator and a full pantry for the first time since we moved into this house two months ago, and it's great. That's really exciting. I'm it, really it, happy for like, you. It honestly, it's the most washed thing I've ever done. It's like <laughs> get actively excited. They're like, "Oh, we're going to Costco after work." Like, like that's how lame. Uh, that's how lame my life is during the week. I'm a I'm a big Costco guy. I just found out recently. I, I moved uh, about a month ago, or mm-hmm. I guess six weeks ago now, and uh, I found out there's a Costco that's even closer than the one I normally go to. So I haven't been inside that one yet. I have gotten gas there though. And let me tell you, it was pretty exhilarating to to put to yeah. put premium in my in my whip. Oh, you and, use uh, premium? Yeah, yeah. My car is oh. turbocharged. It's not oh, a big deal. wow. Okay, this guy. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, paying paying three fifty for for premium instead of four dollars, it's uh, it's it's really a joy. Tough, tough scene. So, 
So we are going to talk about the fact that the 49ers now have an opponent for their divisional matchup, and it's one that we did not really see coming at all. I think it's fair to assume that, Kyle, you and I and and maybe the rest of the NFL world expected the 49ers on Saturday to be hosting the winner of that Eagles-Seahawks game, which was won by Seattle, of course. But no, the Vikings went to New Orleans, the number six seed wildcard team, went to New Orleans, beat the New Orleans Saints 26-20 to in walk-off fashion in overtime. Kyle Rudolph caught a four-yard fade route from Kirk Cousins, and all of a sudden the Vikings are coming to Levi Stadium on Saturday, and it's shocking, but it's, it's also very intriguing because I did not consider the Vikings as a team the 49ers would be playing, to be honest. And the more that I think about that game, the more that I think about the Vikings, not only this season, but over the last few, I think it's going to be a really tough game for the 49ers. And I know the 49ers are six and a half point favorites and and they deserve to be favored like that. Um, But I think I know the Ravens defense is good and and I know the Saints defense was good, although they they didn't play that well, of course, when the Niners played the Saints and hung 48 points on them. Mm -hmm. But I think the Vikings defense might be the best defense the 49ers have faced this season. Your thoughts on my scorching hot take. (laughs) I don't think. I I don't have any reason to say you're wrong. And if Daniil Hunter and Everson Griffin are going to play the way they played against New Orleans, then I I definitely think you're correct. Uh, I I saw a stat that the, I think via ESPN stats and info that the Saints starting tackles hadn't allowed a sack all year and they gave up three on Sunday and Griffin and Hunter each had one and a half of those. Uh, that's a really, really good pass rushing duo and definitely the ba- the best uh, duo of edge rushers the Niners have seen uh, all season. So I, I like I said, I, I don't have an argument against what you said. And based on what we saw, what we saw on Sunday from those two, at least, I, I think you might be right. And I just think it's interesting because the Niners, if they have a weak point offensively, I mean, they're mostly healthy going into this game, but if they do have a weak point, it's probably the interior of the offensive line. You have Mike Person, who didn't play the last two weeks of the season because he's dealing with a neck injury at at right guard, which led to Daniel Brunskill playing there. And you have backup Ben Garland at center instead of Weston Richburg, who was probably one of the three or four three or four best centers in the NFL this season just by the way he was playing, bouncing back off that injury riddle 2018 season that he had. So if there is a weakness, it is along the offensive line. And we saw what the Saint what the Vikings did to the Saints, basically winning that game because they dominated the line of scrimmage on the defensive side. And if there's been a theme during the 49ers losses this season against the Seahawks, uh, the Falcons, and the Ravens, it's it's getting beat up front. And so, yeah. you know, I'm not picking against the 49ers this week. I, I think they've certainly earned that benefit of the doubt. They're one of the most talented teams in the league. But I am not expecting the 49ers to just walk all over them. I, th- I think the Niners' defense is going to play really well, and we'll talk about the impact of potentially Quan Alexander coming back, Joukowsky Tart, D. Ford, and all that. But just at first blush, like, I, this is going to be a really tough game. And uh, I'm really curious to see how the 49ers respond. And there's also a chance that that weather could impact it. There's a 40% chance of rain last time I checked. So, you know, I the 49ers do really well against teams that don't have very good defenses. 
Um, the Vikings have a very good defense and Mike Zimmer might be coming off the best game that he's ever coached, at least in his six years as Minnesota, as Minnesota's head coach and, and essentially their defensive coordinator. Like he's a guy who's been around a lot and he's played a lot of offenses like Kyle Shanahan's. They run an offense a lot like Kyle Shanahan's. And in many ways, the Vikings are really similar to the 49ers just in how they're built and how often they rely on the running game, play action. Kirk Cousins, obviously, who Kyle Shanahan really likes, does a lot of the things that Kyle Shanahan would want to do in his offense. And him and Jimmy Garoppolo are having very similar seasons in terms of overall statistics. But uh, what, what do you think about about what Cousins did? And, and did it change your opinion of him uh, as a quarterback, the fact that he was finally able to win a big game in, in a key moment like that. All right, well, two things. First of all, I have an argument against your best defense the Niners have faced all year. Shoot. Uh, take the 49ers, according to Football Outsiders DVOA, faced the top three defenses in the league this year, uh, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, and Tampa Bay. So how does that make you feel? Uh, uh, that are makes just, me feel okay. Are I mean, you just the drowning in your wrongness the- right now? The Niners, the Niners beat Tampa Bay <laughs> by 14 points in a game that they scored two defensive touchdowns. <laughs> yes, uh, uh, and and they probably yeah. should have lost to the Steelers. I mean, I guess, uh, but DVOA says those are the top three defenses. So ipso facto, so ipso facto, not the best defense the Niners have played all year. Read the <laughs> spreadsheet. As far as <laughs> as far as Cousins goes, uh, he didn't do anything yesterday that I didn't know he could do. Like, does that does that make sense? Like, yeah, it's not like he it's not like he has a history of just crumbling and being horrible in these in these big moments. I know he's zero and nine on on Monday Night Football, but it's not like his his stats in big games are are dramatically worse or something like that. He just always has bad things happen to him. And he nearly did uh, uh, again on Sunday when the Saints got the ball back with just under two minutes left and a chance to score a touchdown to win it. So uh, he made a money throw to Adam Thielen. And then he made a really nice throw to to Kyle Rudolph uh, on the fade. And we know Kirk Cousins can do that. Like he has, he has some talent throwing the ball. He's just not had things break his way on some key moments in those moments where he's been on national TV and narratives kind of form. So no, I, I, I was not blown away by Kirk Cousins, but uh, he did just about what I, I knew he could do. And he put his team in a position to win. And if Minnesota's defense is going to play like that, they can win the Super Bowl. Like that's, that's, uh, I I don't know if that's a scorching hot take or not, but uh, no, I thought Cousins was good. Yeah, I, I think it's fair to say either going to New Orleans and winning there is about the toughest thing you could do in the NFC. Yep. At this point, right? I think so. Like there, Seattle, I, I would give the edge to New Orleans because it's indoors um, and that offense is insane. I know Russell Wilson is also crazy good but i don't think the seahawks just overall top to bottom in terms of roster talent are at the level of the saints so i think going to new orleans and winning a game like that is is really really impressive um i do also think though that there's an element of the saints 
maybe being take, taken off guard, maybe not having the the uh, emotion, the emotional edge that you need to in a game like that. And the Vikings, with how good they are defensively, um, just just dominated up front. And by the time the Saints realized that they were actually in danger of losing, it might have been too late. Um, but there were a few key plays in that game that were made by the Vikings defense. You have the interception. Uh, by Harris at the end of the first half that leads to a Dalvin Cook touchdown which obviously ends up being enormous you have Daniil Hunter forcing the fumble of uh, on Drew Brees late in the fourth quarter as the Saints are trying to mount their comeback and and the Saints still managed to get the ball back and, and hit a game-tying field goal uh, at the end of regulation there and maybe we're talking about this thing completely different if you know the Vikings don't win the toss in overtime and just drive down nine plays, 75 yards and, and score a touchdown right away. Um, but I just think it's really impressive. Like, and, and I'm with you on cousins in that. I think he does get a bad rap. I don't, I don't think about Kirk cousins in big games and think of him as the reason why they lost. I think yep. cousins hasn't been on any good teams uh, during his time in Washington and, well, and the Vikings were eight, seven and one last year. And I'm not, I'm not entirely sure what Monday night games they even had last year. I haven't thought about it, but uh, being at that game in 2018, when the 49ers opened their season in Minnesota, Cousins made a lot of great throws in that game too. And, and that the Vikings defense was ferocious. And I know they were hit by injuries as, as their season went on um, and, and they didn't end up making the playoffs, but they entered that season as one of the most talented teams in the conference. And a lot of smart people thought they might be a team that could win the NFC North and not a whole lot changed this year, other than the fact that they added some players. Cousins had another year of experience. Dalvin cook was in his second season. And now you're starting to see like, okay, maybe this is a really formidable team. And look, I'm not saying that again, that I think the Vikings are better than the 49ers. I just think, Man, six and a half points in a game where the weather could be an issue with the way that defense plays, I think it could end up being a really close game and a defensive struggle. And if the 49ers have an Achilles heel, it's turning the ball over. And the Saints, who never turned the ball over, had two really costly ones in that game. And it wound up costing them. And it cost them their season. And so I just don't think it's wise to overlook the Vikings as just some team that, oh, Kirk Cousins has never done this before. Well, Jimmy Garoppolo has never done this before either. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be making his first ever playoff start. I do think Jimmy Garoppolo is better than Kirk Cousins, but I just think this is going to be a really interesting game, and we're going to learn a lot about the 49ers as they're constructed and how they can handle being a heavily favored team against another team that's just really hungry and, and really pretty good and balanced. I, I think when you talk about Kirk Cousins, like we've, I think we've both been, I I, I don't want to speak for you. I've been pretty impressed with Jimmy Garoppolo all year. I, I think he's made some, had some not so good throws, but in general, I think he's been really, really good. Um, So for me to sit here and say Jimmy Garoppolo is really, really good and then try and say anything else uh, otherwise about Kirk Cousins given that their stats are basically identical, uh, exact same right. completion rate. Um, Garoppolo attempted 29.8 passes per game to 29.6 for Cousins. Cousins completed 20 and a half. It's 20.6 for Garoppolo. Uh, they're both right around 240 yards a game. 1.7 touchdowns a game are, are exactly alike. 
uh, their yards per attempt, 8.4 for Garoppolo, 8.1 for Cousins. Like every number you look at says they're basically the same guy. Uh, Garoppolo turns it over a little more, um, but he also and throws he takes more, more yards, sacks so, and he, and he takes more sacks for sure. But um, I just, the, I think the 49ers are going to need to be because Cousins isn't going to make a mistake. And I think at least not if he has time to sit back and, and throw, but if they, if they can force him to get off his spot and move around and try and make plays, I think he's susceptible to doing that. But it's not the, the main point of all this is to say this isn't, Oh, Kirk cousins is going on the road in the playoffs. He's cooked. Like we saw last week. That's not the case. And uh, the Niners are going to have to be really, really good to beat him. Yeah, I, I think that's true. And I also think it's important to think about the context of the 49er season and just how different Garoppolo has been over the last nine games uh, compared to what he was during the first seven. Like there's a very clear mark of delineation between, you know, the numbers when he got Emmanuel Sanders versus after versus before he got Emmanuel Sanders. Like in the 10 games since Emmanuel Sanders showed up, Garoppolo's thrown 20 touchdowns, seven interceptions, 108.1 passer rating. Um, and he's averaging 8.62 yards per attempt, which is very, very good. And we've seen Garoppolo carry the 49ers in some games where the defense hasn't played well. But I do want to talk about the 49ers defense here because, as was reported by Adam Schefter uh, over the weekend, which we alluded to on the pod last week, there's they're saying there was a good chance uh, Quan Alexander was going to play. Well, Schefter basically reported the 49ers are expecting him to play, which is in essence what I heard, not exactly what I heard. I, I didn't feel confident enough in what I heard to report it in those terms. Um, but getting Quan Alexander back is a pretty big deal and getting D Ford back also a really big deal and getting Jaquaski Tart back also a very big, big deal. These are three important players on three levels of the defense that were all around when the 49ers were posting those historic numbers yep. early in the season, albeit against less than stellar competition. I think Josh Dubow of the Associated Press tweeted it out uh, today that the 49ers pressure rate with D Ford was something like 32 percent and without him, it was 24 percent. And that's yeah. that's pretty significant. And I think it speaks to, you know, D Ford's value to the 49ers pass rush and the way he unlocks everybody else, um, taking the attention off of Nick Bosa, maybe allowing your two man games to be a little bit more versatile and more potent when you're working with an inside guy and Eric Armstead and DeForest Buckner. And maybe that allows them to shake loose a little bit more. Um, Armstead had the majority of his sacks during the first half of the season when, when D Ford was healthy too. And I don't know if there's an exact correlation there either, but there, there is a chance that with Levi stadium being as, um, as loud as maybe we're expecting with the fact that the 49ers are finally rested after not having a buy since week four in late September with Tart and Ford and Quan Alexander being back in the emotional lift that he could bring to the defense. It could just be a buzzsaw game where we see the 49ers defense snap back to the form it was in earlier in the year. And maybe cousins just is really like 
playing the best defense that he's fought, he's gone against this season. Right. And maybe that turns into the story of the game, not necessarily the 49ers struggles against the Vikings defense. Yeah. And I think that's really going to wind up being as, as we get closer to the game here and, and kind of start breaking down individual matchups and stuff. I think a lot of it is going to point to the Niners defense uh, because we've seen them so many times this year, pick up the slack for the offense when they're struggling uh, if that if the Niners defense is playing anywhere near as as well as it did through the first seven or eight weeks, the Niners are going to be super hard to beat. Like that's just I, I don't think it matters what defense is lining up on the other side. Yeah, and we can go back through the numbers. Like those games were were just ridiculous, and again they they weren't against um, elite quarterbacks. But you just look at the total yardage numbers. I mean, after the bye, like Cleveland, 180 yards in Levi's Stadium in a very loud, raucous atmosphere. The Rams had 157 yards in L.A. the next week. Washington, uh, I don't know if we necessarily want to talk about that game in the same context because of the weather that that, you know, was such an was such an important factor in that one. But they had 154 yards, Uh, Carolina, 230. Um, and then the numbers start getting a little bit bigger as you go down the line because of all the things we talked about throughout the season, whether it be attrition uh, or whatever. I think there's a chance. And Bill Barnwell, we I think we mentioned it earlier. Bill Barnwell said in the snaps that D Ford, Quan Alexander, Nick Bosa have all been on the field for the 49ers. Opposing quarterbacks have a three QBR. Uh, QBR is measured on a hundred point scale. And so three is very, very, very small, is very bad from a quarterback's perspective and incredible from a defensive perspective. So I think that that sample size was something like, what, 110, 120 snaps, something like that. Essentially two games or a game and a half. 108, I think, yeah. 108, yeah. So that's that's essentially a game and a half of just pure snaps in in that sample. But it speaks to how valuable D Ford could be off the edge and Quan Alexander too. Um, so yeah, it, it might just be like this talk about how good the Vikings defense is might be moot because it could be one of those games. Like we saw against the Packers maybe in, in late November where the Niners defense just completely stopped a, a similar offense and obviously a better quarterback in Aaron Rodgers from really doing anything at all. Um, and, and just really, you know, setting the tone for the game early on and, and controlling things and making Rodgers look confused. Maybe that's what we see on Saturday. Is that what you're expecting? Like, what are you expecting from that, the 49ers defense? Because I don't know. I think it could go either way. That seems like honest. the most that seems like the most logical outcome based on what we saw through the first several weeks. But like if they if the Niners were playing this game in week nine or ten, I don't think there'd be any question. People would go, oh, Kirk Cousins is a statue. The Niners defense is going to is going to swarm him. They're going to sack him six times and, and the Niners are going to win in a boat race. But given what we saw the last five or six weeks, like I, I think that the confidence and the ability of the Niners defense to do that and just kind of take over a game isn't quite there. Even though, even though, you know, they, it does look like they're going to get D Ford back. It does look like they're going to get, um, Quan Alexander back uh, does look like they're going to get Jaquaski Tart back. I just don't know if they have that same. Like, I I I don't know if they're going to be able to to pull out that kind of performance like the one we did see against Green Bay, 
But even if they get a light version of that, they can still win pretty easily. Okay, so here's a question. Please. There, if there's there's one spot really in, in the starting lineup on either side of the ball that is in flux, so we don't know who's going to be where necessarily, and it doesn't have to do with injury, and that's cornerback. Opposite Richard Sherman, obviously. Akella Witherspoon got benched before the last drive against the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. Emmanuel Mosley came in, had a pass break up at the goal line. Um, what? Who? Who would you start? Would you go against you know Adam Thielen and and your guy Stephon Diggs? Do we want? Have we told the Stephon Diggs story on this podcast? I don't like to brag, so <laughs> no. <Okay>. Um, <laughs> Well, we can we can either you want to tell the story real quick and then we could try to decide based on your expertise on Mr. Diggs if yeah. you'd rather rather go with Witherspoon or Mosley. Yeah, sure. Uh okay. so Chris got Me. us gets Chris. That's uh, Biederman, the guy on this yeah. podcast. Uh got us tickets to the Foster Farms Bowl in 2014, I think. 2014, 20 20- 13 maybe um, no it was it was it might have been 15 well we i think it was the end of the really time really way year. to check this um but anyway, either way keep we got we got tickets to Less the important. 2000, it definitely wasn't 13 because 2014 the 2014 because Diggs got drafted in 15 okay so 2014 uh foster farms bowl we're sitting there like 10 rows up in the end zone really good seats maryland against stanford Stanford dominated the game. I remember nothing about it. The only thing I remember is Stephon Diggs playing for Maryland was a monster. He was the only player on the field that was like, oh, yeah, that guy's going to play in the NFL. That guy's really good. Um, And so I just decided in that moment that uh, Stephon Diggs was my guy. And um, ever since then... I have pulled for Stefan Diggs and it was my first the first time I ever just really nailed like a like a like a draft pick like hey I think that guy's going to be really good not a ton of people are talking about this guy and then he went into the draft he got taken in the 5th round not a highly touted prospect but ever since then that's been my guy Stefan Diggs so to answer your question Chris it was also the first time I ever drank an IPA uh, I had, I had just started dabbling in the pale ale, Sierra Nevada, shout out Sierra Nevada. And you offered <laughs> to get me a beer and I was like, you offered to buy me one, not, not get me one. Cause I couldn't get my own. I was 21 by then. So you offered to buy me, <laughs> <laughs> you offered to buy my beer. And I was like, yeah, whatever you're going to get, I'll take, I don't want to be difficult. And you got me a goose Island IPA shout out goose Island. And it was delightful and it changed my beer taste forever. So, uh, all of that is to say I think Emmanuel Mosley should start on Saturday. <laughs> I think I agree with you. I think Mosley is a better matchup for uh, for Thielen and Diggs. I think so, too. Um, yeah. Speaking More of physical. beer, you know what I did on Saturday? I sat on my couch, drank beer, and watched football. It was How a was very that? odd experience for your guy. How was that, though? It was, it was fantastic. It was like... I mean, I, I thought it was weird going into the weekend that the AFC games were on Saturday and then the NFC games were Sunday. But then I thought about it. Like I, I, I went and hung out with a friend Saturday afternoon and then came back. And then uh, and then like I sat down. I was like, 
it's my day off. There's a bye week. I don't have anything to do. And then I realized that I had a fridge full of beer. I had some revision. Uh, what is it? Disco Ninja? Uh, oh. Hazy IPA. Shout out revision. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are we are definitely not just trying to get sponsored by a beer company on this pod right but now. If a beer company did want our sponsor, shout out revision. <laughs> um, and so I know no one really cares about the fact that I sat around and drank beer and watched football, but I never do that during the season. And it was really fun. And, uh, and it made me remember why people like football. (laughs) Just in case, just in (laughs) case you kind of forgot. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it it was, uh, it was fun. So shout out to, shout out to everybody who gets to do that. You guys, uh, you guys have it good. Not that we have it bad, but, um, it was was nice to live like a normal person on over the weekend. So So you don't, you don't, you don't ever like sit in the press box and just slam beers while you're watching a game. Uh, (laughs) No, no, but they do actually, they do have certain press boxes. I'm not going to say which ones, but certain press boxes do offer libations after, uh, after games. What, what certain press boxes, certain press boxes offer libations after games, um, which is very much appreciated, but also it's, it's sometimes a little bit difficult to, to dive into, dive into a beer when you're on deadline. It's more of like a post deadline. We're done. Um, type of activity anyway. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Definitely, definitely want to wait to, to dive into a beer. Like, um, like, you know, basically anything from knee deep brewing. Uh, it's a, <laughs> a lot of really good beers there at knee deep. Shout out knee deep. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, same, same thing with Cooperage in, in Santa Rosa. Shout out to Cooperage. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, <laughs> um okay so we think it should be emmanuel mosley is it going to be emmanuel mosley i i tend to think it's not going to be emmanuel mosley i think the niners are going to stick with witherspoon because i mean the 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 ceiling with witherspoon is clearly higher right like the way witherspoon was playing before he got hurt during the first few weeks of the season he was playing really really well uh and might have been playing at like an all pro or at least a pro bowl level during that time. It seemed like he was getting a hand on every single pass that was thrown his direction. And again, these weren't against good quarterbacks. So I don't know if we should overrate what happened, but I think everybody felt really good about Akella Witherspoon. And then he went down with that foot injury. And then Emmanuel Mosley came in and really didn't give up much, if anything at all. And then sort of as the pass rush took its step back, you started to see quarterbacks given time to find their receivers. And obviously playing opposite Richard Sherman is going to make you a magnet for targets. And that's just collectively what we saw, whether it was Witherspoon or Mosley in the lineup. Um, But yeah, I I think Mosley's probably the better matchup because he is a little bit smaller, maybe a little bit faster. Um, The 49ers like to play a lot of man coverage in uh, on third down and I think Mosley might be better in that area, particularly against those smaller guys like Thielen and Diggs. Uh, but if it is just going to be a zone game, which, you know, maybe it is, I, I, I'm, I'm not going to claim to be an X's and O's expert, nor am I going to try to crawl inside Robert Sala's head. But um, if it's more of a zone game, then it probably would be Witherspoon. I think if it's a man game, then maybe go with Mosley. And I'm not sure what, how that decision is going to be made. It, it could be something where the 49ers like rotate, they go a series with one guy and a series with the next guy and see 
how it goes. Um, well, hey, and you know what they say: that, if you have two cornerbacks, you have no cornerbacks. So, yeah, I know they do say <laughs> that. Um, yeah, no, I, uh, I, I think that's probably the question that's hardest to figure out at this point. Yeah, and I don't even know if the coaches know. Like, are are they just going to be like, hey, whoever has a better week of practice, you're starting. Like, we won't know. We're recording this Monday night, by the way. The Niners are going to have access Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday this week because they play Saturday. So we haven't talked to Kyle Shanahan. Uh, in a week we haven't talked to him since the Monday after the Seahawks game and we didn't get him last week uh, during open locker room Thursday and Friday at the 49ers facility at their practices Uh, but we will get him tomorrow so maybe we'll have a better idea as to which way he's going to go but the way they talk about it it sounds like they're going to stick with Witherspoon but Witherspoon did get benched so we'll have to see and Mosley made like an underrated like great play in that game against the Seahawks he got beat on that final drive he got beat by DK Metcalf uh, off the line and then recovered and made a really nice diving pass breakup. Uh, so if we're judging it off that play, I think Mosley's starting. <laughs> okay, just off one play? Yep. Okay. That's it. Um, What else should we talk about about this game? I don't know, because we want to make sure we're saving stuff for Thursday. Wednesday, we're doing a Wednesday pod. Yeah, Wednesday night. So, so if, fans have some... Uh, some a couple days to to take in the preview pod. I have a question. If the 49ers, yeah. if the NFL stepped in today and said, hey, Niners and Vikings, you guys have to switch quarterbacks, would your thoughts on how the game is going to go change at all? Um, so, like, we're just pretending that Kirk Cousins had – like all off season and training camp in Kyle Shanahan's offense. And yeah, that they're just going to, they, they're going to know the offense. They okay. just have to switch quarterbacks. I think Garoppolo's better. Um, I think Garoppolo. So you is... give the Vikings a better chance to win. Mm, well, the Niners will be at home. I think the Niners defense in this spot might be better. Uh, because it's going to be fresher and it's going to be at Levi stadium, obviously. So no, I'm not I saying you still would... give good. I, I would, I would pick the Niners with Kirk cousins at quarterback, but I think Jimmy Garoppolo is a better quarterback or at least has a higher ceiling than cousins. Sure. Um, but I also think Garoppolo is a little bit more reckless and prone to mistakes uh, but if, if you had to like force me to take quarterbacks, I would, I would feel really comfortable taking Garoppolo, but I'm not as anti Kirk cousins as, as I think a lot of people are same. And, and a lot of that too is because I know how much Kyle Shanahan likes Kirk cousins and I'm not going to pretend that I know more about quarterbacks than Kyle Shanahan does. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I, I would take Garoppolo. But if Cousins was quarterbacking the 49ers, I would pick the 49ers in this game. Like, I, I don't think like what's OK. Well, actually, first, why don't you answer the, the the same question? I think if if I don't think I would pick the Vikings to win, I do think they would have a better chance to win, though. Yeah. Because I would I think Garoppolo with receivers like Thielen and Diggs, uh, who just find ways to get open. Uh, would be dynamite, and I like the idea of Garoppolo dealing with the Niners' pass rush more than I like the idea of Cousins dealing with 
the Vikings pass rush. Okay. Bang. Uh, I think I articulated here, that right. What's here's the next question. What's the 49ers wreck? And by the way, we're asking these questions because there was a very real chance that that Kirk Cousins became the 49ers quarterback. If not for the Patriots offering Jimmy Garoppolo uh, in a trade midway through the season, it's very, very likely that Kirk Cousins would be a 49er right now uh, because the 49ers would have signed him in free agency. So. That leads to the next question. What's the 49ers record this season as constructed if you swapped Cousins for Garoppolo? Oh, man. Uh, Probably like... mm. See, I don't think Cousins wins a 48-46 game in New Orleans. I'm with you on that. Um... I don't think Cousins goes in. I don't think he makes a difference in Baltimore. Um, I'm not. I think sure. Cousins might lose. You might lose one of those Arizona games. Yeah. Like the one of the one of the underrated things about this year is that the two Arizona games the Niners played were sneaky tough, and Garoppolo had to throw eight touchdowns combined. Yeah. For the 49ers to win, because somehow Arizona did well against like everything else 49ers are trying to do yeah i think i think probably like 10 and 6 maybe 11 and 5 yeah okay so we're in lockstep i think yeah there were there were definitely some games particularly in new orleans like i don't think cousins and we saw him play in seattle earlier this year um i don't think cousins wins week 17 in seattle yeah i think that's right um because garoppolo was really good in that game despite not throwing Yeah, not throwing a touchdown pass. Yeah, Um, yeah. So even though the numbers are very, very similar, I I would take Garoppolo. And I haven't looked at Cousins' stats over the second half of the season, but I think um, Garoppolo's are are significantly better since getting Emmanuel Sanders. One thing about the Vikings, as impressive as the win was in New Orleans, you go through their schedule, and we did this before we we recorded, but. Like, it's hard to re- find a really impressive win uh, from them during the season. Like, here are their wins, okay? Home to the Falcons, which was that game where they <laughs> they ran for 172 yards and only passed for 97, and they just completely dominated time Jeez. of possession. So they beat the Falcons. They beat the Raiders at home. Uh, they beat the New York Giants on the road, 28-10. The Giants are not very good. They beat the Philadelphia Eagles, a playoff team, 38-20, uh, which might be, that might be their most impressive win during the regular season. They beat the Lions on the road, 42-30. Beat Washington, not all that impressive. One at Dallas. I, I go back and forth with the Cowboys, I guess, as, as everybody probably should. Um, beat Denver. Lost at Seattle. They beat the Lions again, beat the Chargers in L.A., and then lost their final two. The Packers game was the big one on Monday night. Uh, and then the Week 17 game against the Bears didn't really matter, but they lost that game. So going through the regular season, it's like, I don't know. I don't know what their biggest win was. At Philly, like October 13th? Or sorry, yeah, at they, home against Philly. They they hung in against the Chiefs. They lost 26-23. Uh, at Arrowhead Stadium. Yeah. Um, but that was a game started by Matt Moore, who kind of torched them. So, right. I mean, 
they just they're one of those teams that like when you just look like they they run the ball super effectively and they have a lot of really talented players but the amount of talent i think they have doesn't stack up to their record like i think they're more talented than a than a 10 and 6 team should be which is what makes them very dangerous in the postseason because if those guys get hot for four weeks, like they could win the title. Yeah. I I definitely think their defense could play at that kind of level. Um, Although, I mean, their corners aren't particularly great, right? Like Trey Wayne and Xavier Rhodes aren't very good. They Uh, are banged up. Mackenzie Alexander, uh, their slot corner is hurt too. Yeah, one thing they are really good at, and we'll dive into this when we when we go into the matchups, they're really good at tight ends. And I have some numbers, but we'll save those for, for later in the week. Yeah, Harrison um, Smith, really good player. Harrison Smith, uh, Eric Kendricks, all pro. The defensive ends, like we said, they're good. Um, but maybe they can be exploited on the outside, and maybe this is another Debo Samuel game, like where you really test the edges with his ability to – run on like run the ball or bubble screen or whatever. And then maybe some of that opens things up for, uh, for Emmanuel Sanders and George Kittle down the field, even though the Vikings are super good at defending tight ends. I'm excited to watch more of them and figure out how they win games. Yeah, they're complete. I mean, they're a very complete team. They might not have like great corners, uh, but they have a really good pass defense. Ooh, can um, I throw a cliche numbers- at you? Uh, yeah, I love cliches, so please do. Well, what I really like about this team, Chris, is they're not going to beat themselves. <laughs> I like that. Okay. Um, yeah, they aren't. I mean, Cousins is throwing, what, six picks this year? Yeah, six. And yeah. Garoppolo's throwing, is it 13 or 16? 13. Why, why do I, 13. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Jimmy throws twice as many picks. As Kurt. Yeah, I, I it, it's going to come down a lot to the pass rush, but we'll dive into that more later in the week. How much time has elapsed since we started recording this podcast? Enough time. Let's get the hell out of here. All right, let's do that. Thank, thank you, everybody, for listening. Please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. Check out all of our wonderful pods on the Blue Wire Network. I think we have – how many do we have now? 80? A lot. There's 82. Let me pull this up. Yeah, we have 82 podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. 82. That's a lot. Um, so whatever sports content you're really interested in, whether it's the NBA, NFL, um, we probably have a pod for it. There's a very strong chance. So type in Blue Wire to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Stitcher, and a bunch of our great content will come up. We're nationwide. Uh, we got... We got people everywhere recording content, and uh, and it's all good. So check that out, and uh, please give us some sterling reviews. And keep a look out for our preview of Saturday's game. We're going to record it Wednesday night, so we'll hit your feeds Thursday morning, give you guys a couple of days uh, to absorb said content, and uh, we will check you guys out then. Also, that is how you do a soft preview. <laughs>
There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.